Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is where I tell you to start dialing, especially this time of year. The phones get busy. So if you have a gardening question for Doug, it is 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. And then that magical number, 412-922-1020. If you're the 10th caller, you win a $25 gift certificate to Sorgles. Eric Countryman will be here. It's all about uh, plant and tree health. Davy Tree Talking Tree in about 30 minutes. And I could tell it was you when you pulled into the parking lot because you had a flashlight. <laughs> What yeah. is going on? Man, what a storm, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're still without power. I'm in Ross, and we were not there when the storm rolled through. I was at our friend Steve Rapaski's house. He's the guy from Bee Control and Meadowsweet Apiaries, and we had a great time there. Uh, lamb, <laughs> lamb roast. Nice. And uh, a little bit of fishing. There you go. So that was a lot of fun. And as always, whenever I go to uh, visit anyone they always say, don't look at the garden. Don't look at the garden. That's what Steve's dad was telling me. But, of course. You look at the garden. It looked great. Did it? It looked absolutely wonderful. So I hope that storm left you safe, uh, but we sure needed the rain. You know, uh, <laughs> when, I pu- when I pulled up to my property, they had uh, <laughs> police, tape. <laughs> police tape all around it. <laughs> don't tell anybody, but I, won't. I got through. <laughs> 3,000 Duquesne Light customers, 10,000 West Penn Power. I was just talking to Rob Taylor, so Hopefully the lights will get on. But, yeah, it was kind of strange. You know, the other night we had one of those perfect storms where you had the heat lightning, the wind kicked up and cooled off, and just a slight drizzle that didn't last very long. But uh, we could use a torrential downpour. You want people to keep power, but uh, Mother Earth needs some water, does it not? Yeah, and this rain, I mean, we'll take anything we can get, but it's not the best. You know, uh, I could see that a lot of it, you know, it just came down quick and ran off. But, hey, we'll take what we can get. Uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what I talked about last week. I got lots of responses uh, about talking about the sorrow for the loss of my late neighbor's garden. Uh, you know, if you ever miss a show, you can always go online and, and listen later. And so I've got all that information at DougOster.com. But lots of people could relate to, you know, uh, when you're done with your garden or the neighbor is done with their garden, all of a sudden the next people just, they move on to the next thing. And that made me think of my Rose of Sharon tree because uh, I've got lots of Rose of Sharons and I actually brought them from my old garden 25 years ago. And I lots of people hate Rose of Sharon <laughs> because it, it just, it makes babies like crazy. And, uh, uh, but I just love it, you know. Uh, and I tell the story every once in a while. When my kids were growing up, they, we had a Rosa Sharon right by the basketball hoop, and that poor Rosa Sharon took a beating being by that basketball hoop. And when I moved, I wanted to take a little, a little seedling from that 
that same plant that because it was a big tree, probably maxed out at 18 feet. And I took a little seedling and I brought brought it with me and a couple other trees too. And now it's you know this this really beautiful tree. And of course, right now in full bloom. I don't care about the babies. I can take care of that. But there is a variety, one that I've fallen in love with, uh, called sugar tip that is uh, what they call sterile. So when it throws its seeds, it doesn't pop up. And it's a really beautiful little tree getting probably only to about maybe 10 feet. And it's got variegated white and green foliage and beautiful double pink flowers. It's uh, it's just a, a really nice Rosa Sharon so one of my friends told me once when he's talking about Rose and Sharon, he said, I just don't like it because it, it blooms when everything else isn't blooming. And I said, well, that's the way, that's the reason I love it is because it is blooming when most things aren't. And I'm getting lots of, lots of questions about something called blossom and rot on tomatoes. And this is most prevalent with container tomatoes and with uh, like sauce tomatoes, plum tomatoes. The bottom of the tomato turns black, but it could happen to any tomato. And I've I th- probably talked about it last week, too, but I've been getting so many questions about it. This is a watering issue. And so when things dry out and you get a deluge like we had yesterday and then dry out again, the plant can't uptake the calcium it needs. This is a calcium deficiency, but the calcium's there. The calcium's in the soil. It's just without water, it can't get up to the tomato. And so the the the, the only thing you need to do to prevent blossom end rot is to keep the soil evenly moist. That's a challenge with containers when it's this hot and, it's, and it had been this dry. So, you know, when we talk about watering and mulching, those are two very important things for tomatoes. And peppers can get blossom end rot too, but tomatoes are more prone to it. And so keep that soil evenly moist if possible for those tomatoes. And, you know, when things cool off a little bit, uh, keep fertilizing too, especially containers. That's something that uh, I keep doing and making sure that those containers get what they need. And staking. Uh, in this week's uh, In the Garden, brought to you by Davey Tree, my, my television show for CBS Streaming, uh, I have my <laughs> brought out my golf club stakes because uh, I planted peas. And I t- talked about this last week. You know, I've never planted peas this early. But I want to see how they do. I mean, I know they love cold, cool weather, but we'll see if, if if they mature at the right time or if it's too early. But you can watch the show at DougOster.com. And I've got a really cool hack there for strawberry pots. If you've ever planted in strawberry pots and you're watering it and it's just pouring out those holes, I've got a, a cool little thing you can do to fix that up and show you how to water it. Also, I'm looking through the progress of the garden, and then uh, on that show, Rob Krueljack from Davey shows us how to manage uh, our home woodlands, and he helps me with a little pruning job. That's all at DougOster.com. And only a couple seats left, believe it or not, for this upcoming trip to Portugal in April. Uh, people seem very interested in Portugal. 13-day ship, 13-day trip. We go through the entire country, two trips out to the Azores Islands. Sort of there, Those islands are sort of a cross between Hawaii and Ireland. Madeira Flower Festival, Terra Nostra Botanical Park, Portuguese Riviera, Tea and Pineapple Plantations, Madeira Botanical Garden, but there's lots of other things besides gardening. I would say this one's probably a half and half. We'll explore all these towns and islands. Great price point, too, uh, nowadays for, you know, travel and gas is expensive, so it's, it's, a, it's a great price. 
And all those details also are at DougOster.com. So we have Eric Countryman here in just a little bit. So this is a very important topic. Oh, he's got a lot of stuff. We talked about this uh, Friday with each other before uh, we set things up for the show. But, yeah, he's got a lot of interesting information about some new diseases that that have come out and what we can be doing to keep our trees healthy. This is an important time for them, that's for sure. All right, so if you have a question for Doug, you need to give us a call, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. And again, we are ready to take your calls at 866-391-1020. So on the other side of the break, we'll get to your calls, and we'll get going with this edition of The Organic Gardener. He, of course, Doug Oster, DougOster.com. JamFest, presented by UPMC and UPMC Health Plan, is back this year and taking place on August 6th at the North Park Basketball Court Supporting Folds of Honor. This three-on-three basketball tournament is open to all sexes, grades 3 through 12, plus an adult division. Register your team now at kdkradio.com. Your call's next for Doug Oster, the organic gardener, part of Rob Pratt Sunday, KDKA 100.1 FM, AM 1020. Only because you have your Rolling Stones hat on today, Mick and company, uh, Ronnie, and, uh, of course, Keith uh, in Paris, back in Paris tomorrow night. Man, they're just steamrolling through Europe, are they not? I think it was last night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. but they're going to be back again oh, tomorrow okay, night. Cool. Too. Yeah, I, I have not I have not uh, seen the show yet, so oh. I'd like to go through and kind of look on YouTube and see what they're doing, if they play something special or whatever. But, yeah, looking good, man. They're playing good. They are. All right. Let's well, I don't know about looking good, but oh, playing okay. good. Listen. We all hope to look as good as some of them when we reach that age, do we not? All right, Mary, you're on KDK. How are you? Mary. All right, no Mary. Let's say hi to the other Mary. Hi, Mary. This is Marion. Oh, Marion. Okay, go ahead. I just wasn't sure if it was me. No, it has Mary on the screen, so that's why I called you Mary. Go Uh, ahead. No, that's fine. Marion, we do it every time, don't we? (laughs) Sorry, I saw I'm waiting for the real Mary to start talking instead of me. Anyhow, um, I was wondering, Doug, do you know what might cause borage, which was started from seed in a garden, to be looking healthy, ready to flower, and then all of a sudden just kind of overnight wilt and die? What's the watering like? Um, this is a friend. I had given them seeds, so that's why I feel kind of bad. And so they planted them two years in a row. And um, they have a market garden, so I know they water. Okay, so a they lot. know what they're doing. I, you know, I don't know, uh, Marion. I'm going to have to research that one because borage, in, in in general, as long as it's out in full sun, okay, uh, with decent water and decent soil, is almost indestructible. So, uh, okay, I wonder if uh, the only thing I'm thinking is maybe if they have voles, you know, because voles would oh. would would get to the Roots, or sometimes yeah. an ant hill will get to the roots underneath. Okay. I would want to know what was underneath in the soil, but I'll I'll, I'll look it up okay. in the break and see if I can find anything specific about borage to, to make it wilt. And you say it's like kind of happening overnight. Yeah. Well, this last I can't I don't know the circumstances last year, but this year it happened last week. We had that really bad storm, like Wednesday night, Thursday, and all the lightning and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was looking good the one day, and then after that storm, the next day this happened. So. Huh. Um, well, let, let me look, okay. p- poke around a little bit, see what I can figure out, and then okay. we'll we'll talk about it when uh, Eric comes on from Davy. If you have a question for Doug, now would be a good time to call. We have some lines available, 866-391-1020. Nick, you're on The Organic Gardener with Doug Oster on KDKA. How are you? Good. Hey, Doug, I, I'm starting to get some tomatoes, and uh, the ones that I'm picking get spots all over them, like white spots. 
Sounds like a fungal issue like uh, anthracnose. Uh, without seeing a picture, I can't tell you for sure, but go online, look up tomato diseases, and see what you what matches what you're seeing there. Uh, a lot of times little dots on the fruit of the tomato is something called anthracnose, and it has been uh, quite a year for fungal issues on tomatoes. Uh, even though we haven't had that much rain, the rain that we've had is, has been later in the evening and sticking around. And so that would be my guess. Uh, if you wanted to send me a picture, you could do that at DougOster.com, and I'd know for sure. But take a look at some of the fungal diseases that tomatoes get and see if you can match it up with that. It uh, Have you cut one open? Yeah, I don't, I don't know whether to eat it. I don't know whether they were safe to eat or not. I didn't know whether it was a stink bug. What's a stink bug? Yeah, that could be it, too. You know, a, a lot of times uh, something like that, a stink bug or a uh, fruit worm, tomato fruit worm could cause those. I, ju- I just need to see it to to be able to to diagnose it. But like I said, I, I poke around online and see what happens. That's what I would cut it open, see if there's anything in there. Uh, you know, I would be tempted not to eat it if it was a stink bug damage uh, just because the way what they're doing there is they're they're sucking it out and then putting it back in and sounds disgusting so take a look around or send me a picture and we'll figure things out okay Alrighty. thank you 866-391-1020 yeah so i'm trying a new deer repellent uh i i posted something online about davy tree and and the guy who supplies davy tree with their deer repellent it's called deer pro and i was like oh, okay yeah sure i'll give it a try well it came and I threw it in the back seat of my car, and it's in a the the stuff itself is in a plastic bottle, which is in a box, a sealed box. And I left it in my car for a couple of days. I think I know this uh, stuff's going to work because I cannot get the smell <laughs> out of my car. <laughs> I've had the windows open for days on end, sitting in the garage, hoping that I can get rid of the smell of this stuff. So I'm interested to see how that's working. It's not. I'm going to still use my Bobex, uh, and then I use a, a new one that I got from uh, Sorgles called Deer Mace. But I'm going to add Deer Pro to the mix. And when you are talking about deer issues, and that's what, you know, when I was talking to Steve's dad yesterday, you know, that was the first thing that came to our mind were the deer problems. And by mixing things up with the, uh, with the, the different types of repellents, It'll work better. So I'll give you a report on the Deer Pro once I get it into a sprayer and we we put it on there. Also, I gave away a lot of uh, perpetual spinach seeds. Uh, I started last year at the Home and Garden Show, and I'm getting lots of reports from people. You know, they they don't remember what it is. They just they say, like, I can't believe the spinach you gave us. It Usually it bolts, you know, in, in May, but this stuff keeps going, and it's got this great texture. Perpetual spinach is actually a Swiss chard. It's an heirloom version of Swiss chard, but has more of a texture of spinach. So that's why it's something that I wanted to give away, that I wanted people to, to give it a try to. And from the reports I'm getting, people are loving it. So who knows? Maybe I'll give away some more seeds. But that's something to look for. That's something you could plant right now. You know, Swiss chard is a great plant that will take hot and cold, and you plant some now, it'll go all the way into the winter. It, it's uh, it's a, a great plant, and 
beautiful colors too. You can grow one called Bright Lights that has yellow and pink and red and it's an easy to grow spinach substitute basically is is how it works. And then lots of questions about chewing caterpillars, softfly larvae on roses and hibiscus. If you're if you look at your roses or your perennial hibiscus and you see it starting to become lots of little ragged holes working its way from the bottom to the top. That's usually softfly larva. And the the organic tr- treatment for that is something called Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. And that's something we talk a lot about uh, here because it's, it's the active ingredient is something called spinosad. And how spinosad works is the pest has to ingest it. That's It's only good for chewing insects. You know, when we talk about dealing with pests and diseases organically, we have to specifically target these problems and let the rest of the cycle of nature do its thing. And so in this case, we're putting a product onto the plant that we know that this issue, what the issue is. Identifying the issue is first. I can't tell you how many times that I've tried to answer questions where people are using the wrong product for the wrong pest. And so anything that chews, let's say Japanese beetles, cabbage worms, uh, these sawfly larvae, anything that's chewing your plants, when you put this Captain Jack's on there, uh, they eat the, the, the leaf that the Captain Jack's on, it affects their nervous system, they stop feeding, and then they're done. But it does not negatively affect the good bugs. It doesn't. It's not dangerous for us. You know, there's no... Chemical, it's a biological control that only the, the affects the insect, and so therefore it doesn't harm what's underneath the soil. If it gets washed away on a big storm like yesterday, it's not going to affect anybody who lives downstream. So it's really important to to know what you're treating your plants for and with. Uh, you know, with that one question there about tomatoes, possibility of stink bugs. Stink bugs are one of the hardest ones to to, to deal with just because they're not a chewing insect, they're a sucking insect. And so, you know, the only way we were able to deal with stink bugs when they went crazy was just to trap them with a pheromone trap. Luckily, nature has found a way for those to to be taken care of. We're hoping the same thing happens for spotted lanternfly, Uh, you know, the other thing I'm I'm getting lots of people sending me pictures of spotted lanternfly nymphs and then something called leaf-footed bug nymphs, and so the spotted lanternfly nymphs are pretty easy to identify. They're red with white dots, and then the leaf-footed bug is more of an orange, long plant, uh, uh, long orange body. I got that out good, Rob, huh? <laughs> I'm, okay. a, okay. I'm a pro. It's okay. <laughs> it's early in the morning. Absolutely. Anyway, with those nymphs, like a spotted uh, lanternfly nymph or the leaf-footed bug nymphs, any of these little things like that that are crawling all over your plants, and usually when they hatch out, there's like a ton of them, just gently brush them off into a jar of soapy water, and that will take care of things for you. The other uh, issue I've been seeing out there is uh, the manifestation of early blight and septoria leaf spot on tomatoes. This is when we start to see it. Basically what happens is in the spring, and when we get those cold temperatures, we've got the tomatoes in there, May 20th, whatever it might be. It rains hard overnight, and those leaves stay wet. The fungal spores that are in the soil, they're always in the soil. They splash up. They get on that foliage. 
And then eventually, if the leaf stays wet for 24 hours or longer, work their way into the plant system, and now we start to see it. So uh, if you're getting tomatoes that on the bottom, they're starting to look yellow with brown spots, remove that infected foliage. You could treat with an organic fungicide. This is a disease that won't kill the plants, but usually just slows it down. We'll come back. Your calls and Eric Countryman, Davy Tree, Talking Tree, moments away, KDKA. We are joined by Eric Countryman from the Davy Tree Expert Company. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Uh, pretty good, Doug. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Talking about plant health care. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear plant health care as relates to our trees? Plant health care, you know, regarding uh, yeah, with trees specifically, is really the overall health and well-being of the plant. Um, so we talk about the sort of the physical health of the tree, the um, from you know structural damage or from winds, but we can also talk about things like uh, fertilization, fertilization needs, water, um, especially right now, water has been the the, the biggest health trouble we've seen uh, this year. With a storm like that that came by through yesterday, from your standpoint as having to deal with these properties, is this like, uh, oh gosh, another terrible storm. I'm going to be so busy when I go back on Monday. It's going to be crazy. Um, you know, I, 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 it doesn't seem to be at the moment, but yes, there definitely was some some tree damage that I uh, I heard about and have seen, but um, it, it was you know pretty pretty quick the way that it blew through and so probably in spots in certain neighborhoods probably got hit a little worse. But right now with the way because the trees are so dry they are pretty brittle and so a good you know strong wind like that can snap things pretty easily. And then how does a rain event like that, a quick one like that, affect trees? I'm sure it's got to be a positive in, in the fact that you're getting some water on there, but, you know, sh- certainly a lot of it's running off because it's coming so quickly. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's probably a net neutral in terms of water. Frankly, the ground is so hydrophobic, so it's not absorbing any water when it's hitting it. And, you know, your tree roots are usually about, you know, eight to 10 inches or so, especially the, the feeder roots, the ones that are really absorbing water in that top layer, uh, top few inches there. And so if it's not getting time to penetrate through the top layer or the hard soil there, it's not going to, the trees aren't really going to be able to get to it. So back to plant health care, we talked a little bit on Friday. What was the disease that you had heard about that was something brand new? Yeah, there's a new um, disease, and research is still, you know, gathering up on this. And I know different states and different uh, university systems are are researching it, but it's called beech leaf disease. Uh, it seems to be caused actually by a organism called a nematode in the soil, and it infects the trees and it causes a lot of foliar damage to beech trees of any and all age and any and all health uh, situations. So it's, it's, it's very new, but we are seeing it here and there. Um, definitely, if it's something you are, you're seeing a lot of dis, um, discoloration and distortion on your beech leaves, you should probably call an arborist and have them get a look at it because we're still trying to figure out exactly what we can do about it. And what are some other things on your mind when we talk about plant health care, about trying to get the most out of our trees? 
I would say really the, um, you know, beyond specific diseases and specific insect uh, problems here and there, I think it really comes down to proper fertilization for trees, for healthcare. Um, I've always kind of related back to uh, people. A good diet uh, goes a long way to helping improve your health. And I think that, um, you know, keeping your trees well fertilized is one of the best things you could do um, and easiest things you can do to keep all the other problems at bay. And when is the best time to do that? Um, It depends what kind of fertilizer you're using, but you definitely would want to use something very slow release. And a lot of times the spring is the best time, but if it's a real slow release, the timing doesn't really matter. Um, But if it's a real quick fertilizer, then you really don't want to put it on in the heat of the summer. But it definitely should be done in the the early parts of spring or in the later parts of fall. Talk a little bit about that. I don't know what it's called, but there's a special tool that you use, right, to do a liquid fertilizations? Yeah, so we um, typically suspend fertilizer, uh, you know, like a powder-based fertilizer in water uh, using a, a tank, you know, a larger a couple hundred gallon agitated tank so that it keeps it all stirred up and, and suspended. And then we, um, using pressure, uh, high pressure, uh, we have an injection gun that's about four feet long and you have a stamp plate on the bottom of it and you stick the probe in the ground and release the water and fertilizer under pressure which actually helps to aerate the soil a little as well so you're kind of getting a, a twofer there with fertilizing and aeration but that's the, the better method to deliver fertilizer for trees is you actually have to get it down below the surface layer because again that's where that's where the roots are how would you characterize the season in general for trees? Uh, is the hot, dry thing the most uh, prevalent issue that you think about when you think about trees? Or are there some other things, too, that you've seen that, that have been uh, especially problematic this season? I do think it's the hot, dry that's been the most problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, when trees are, you know, when it's this hot, when we're not uh, helping them with adding extra water, they are then more prone to disease or uh, insect outbreaks. We see a lot of the sort of sucking insects come out, the scale insects. Uh, they love this sort of uh, th- this time when the, when the trees are really um, under stress from the heat. But uh, the other thing that we've noticed, and it's been you know in you know it's been out in the news, is the spotted lanternfly. That's a new uh, newish, but definitely invasive bug that's been have been working its way across Pennsylvania for the last few years and it's definitely here now I think this summer's when I've seen it the most uh in residential neighborhoods and inside the city neighborhoods where we hadn't seen much of it before when we talk about watering and you know a lot of people aren't going to consider watering right now after what happened last night but is there a certain pecking order as to when you when you look at a property when you think what should I, where should I use my water? You know, uh, I've got four acres of, of, you know, 50 year old oak trees. They're not getting water, but my pecking order is anything that was planted within the next the last two years that better have water on it. Is, am I thinking about this yeah. the right way or not? I, I, I would agree there because your younger uh, plants or the ones you've just put in, you know, their root systems aren't as developed. They aren't as full. 
you know, a full, you know, you're talking about your four acres of oaks, you know, those, that root systems on those trees go, you know, one and a half times how tall the tree is. And so they're, they're substantial. And when it does rain, they'll be able to go out, you know, gather up as much as they can. But if it's a tree you put in two years ago, its root system maybe is just starting to kind of move out of the, the ball, the root ball there and into the rest of the soil. And you need to help it out a lot more. It just doesn't have the built-in infrastructure to withstand the, you know, these, these drought times. All right, Eric, hang in there. We're going to keep you over uh, during the break. Come back. Maybe some people have uh, tree questions. But for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree. And an arborist like Eric will come out for free. Give them a call at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. So if you have a tree question for Eric and Doug, you can call us now. Our lines are available, 866-391-1020. More of the organic gardener, Doug Oster, DougOster.com, and moments on KDKA. Uh, before we get some calls with Eric Countryman from Davy Trees, Doug has this. Yeah, for Marianne's borage question, I, I looked it up. I couldn't find much except uh, keep borage deadheaded, uh, which I don't do, and that I see that it wilts sometimes just when it's really dry, when it's really hot. So that's the only thing I can come up with that. So we got some tree questions, Rob? Yes, we do. Let's uh, start off with Ivan. He has a evergreen question. Good morning. Welcome to KDKA. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Doug. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question has to do with treating out the best way to treat and fertilize, um, you know, just keeping healthy. Two things that I have that share the same bed of soil, but which I think might not be compatible together. And they are uh, evergreens, actually, you um, bushes, you know, the nice round green you bushes. Um, they are established. They're at least 40 years old. But around in the same bed with the yew bushes, I have English ivy growing. And I really, really need to try to help both the, the yew bushes and the English ivy flir- you know, flourish and, and stay uh, lush. And I'm just, um, I've heard or read, I think that uh, the two, uh, you know, yews, the yew bushes and the English ivy aren't really compatible in the same soil because they each require two different soil conditions. What do you think, Eric? Um, well, I, I know I see a lot of yews and English ivy together all the time, so I'm not too sure. I mean, if you're different soil conditions, I think probably under ideal circumstances, but... Um, both seem to grow pretty well in, in our Pennsylvania soil here. So the biggest thing probably is that the ewes, which have a, a deep and large root system, would easily steal water from the uh, through the ivy. Or if we're getting to surface water like this, the ivy is going to grab the water before it soaks down enough for the ewes. So I think really that it's um, you know, a good annual slow-release fertilizer for both things would work, you know, even at the same time would probably work quite well. But it's going to be the amount and the of water that they're getting and the depth of watering, you know, how deep that water is able to penetrate in your bed area. All right, let's say hi to uh, Jim. You're on KDKA. Good morning, Jim. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a couple ash trees that have come either from seed or root from a, I used to have an ash tree there that the boars designated and caught 
Now these uh, these two uh, little trees are about eight, ten feet, inch and a half, maybe inch at the base. Do I need to treat? Is the ash borer still here? What do you think, Eric? Uh, we've been hearing a lot about that, about ash trees sprouting from the roots. Yes. Um, yeah, the ash borer is still here. Um, and so it is, they are still susceptible. And they do go after saplings. So, yes, if it's an important you know, for you to keep, then treatment will be necessary uh, and you should probably do it pretty soon because they'll, the uh, active adults should be emerging or already right about now. And Eric, are you seeing a lot of that? Are you seeing a lot of where the ash tree had been cut and then this resprouting happening? Um, yeah. Uh, if the stump's not ground out or if roots are still um, showing, and they do overseed. So if it, it had been just recently that you took it down, I mean, these could be, you know, seed sproutings. But, yeah, it, it's very common with ash trees. Not um, not so with other species, but ash does sprout from its old stump and roots pretty easily. All right, Frank, last call for Eric on the tree questions. Uh, here is uh, Frank in Wexford about a birch tree. You're on KDK. Hi, Frank. Good morning. How are you? Good. Hey, I have a question on my birch tree. It's a white birch. Um, I want to know when is a good time to trim some branches off of it, and how do I feed it? What do you think, Eric? Well, um, birches can generally be pruned about any time, but um, doing it right now when they're under some, such stress could really um, they could, uh, evaporate too much. So I would wait maybe till it's gotten much cooler in the fall or even if they go dormant in the winter. And then in terms of feeding, um, I, again, I recommend an injection uh of you know soil injection route of an annual slow release fertilizer um, that seems to be the best way to, to feed all trees frankly but definitely you know your birches any more questions all right Eric well, I certainly appreciate your time uh, anything else that you've seen disease wise that we should be worried about uh, this time of the year that might be prolific um, the, uh, yes, I mean, there's definitely, uh, because of the dryness, an activity with the insects that's kind of exploded, lots of aphid problems and, uh, and scale, like I said, the kind of sucking insects. So mm-hmm. something to be on the, on the lookout for. They can cause a lot of damage pretty quickly. So it's not a bad idea to take a walk through your garden and take a look up at the tree sometimes to make sure that everything's looking pretty normal. All right, Eric, thanks again. Remember, for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. Remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. And I get lots of messages from people who tell me when the, the certified arborists from Davy come out there, they are so happy that those guys came out to, to let them know. All right, uh, Doug, always a pleasure. Hopefully your power will be back on when you get home. Well, I'm going fishing, so I would think by in another eight hours it'll probably be be ready. I will answer your questions later on today at DougOster.com. Check out my new video there along with some information about my new trip. And remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, have a great day, Doug. Enjoy your week. 8 o'clock news just moments away. And then the Coons Cooking Hour at KDKA.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.